and welcome, welcome, welcome to Daring Dialogues. I'm your host today, Shantae Charles. I hope that you've been having a great and wonderful day. If you're with me for the first time, I want to say good morning and thank you for joining me. On Mondays, we host what is called Monday Motivation. On Tuesdays, we host Teachable Tuesday on our Black Table Talk page, where we talk all things Black, Black history, Black people, Black love, Black politics. You name it, we talk about it there. On Wednesdays, we're back over here for our relationship segment, where we're talking right now about being drama-free and also holding, establishing, and maintaining your boundaries. On Thursdays, we are back here. And we are talking about theology, Theology Thursdays, and we are reading from Esau Macaulay's work on Thursdays. And then on Fridays, we close out the week focusing on health and wellness. And right now we're reading from Dr. Teresa Hersey's work, um, Rest is Resistance, a Manifesto. So every day of the week, we are here Monday through Friday, weekdays only. 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, provided that nothing disastrous happens in the world and we are not able to be on. So today, Monday Motivation, I want to read to you some affirmation cards. Let's start there. And these affirmation cards, this first two come from Dr. Tricia Hersey's Rest Deck. She has a rest deck that is a companion to her book, Rest is Resistance. I want to read these to you today. And the first affirmation says, I am free. I am free. I am rested. I'm trying to get my my overhead light to not be so bright. Maybe if I turn it away for a moment. I am free. I am rested. I am cared for. I am well. And on the other side, it says, the words I am are powerful because they speak in the affirmative for your deepest needs and desires. You can tell, you can call forth rest, care, and liberation from the hold grind culture has over you. You can speak in the power of, I will rest, I must rest, I am rest. Rest is always available. You must access it. Your rest is sacred. And one thing I can tell you in my household is I am so very glad that my husband who works really, really hard um, in his professional field, I'm really glad that he is taking hold of this message even the more. And I tell him all the time, I get enjoyment out of seeing him rest and actually you know, enjoy resting. I had put up a couple weeks ago a post from Dr. Shantae Says, who is here on IG, but I put it over on my Black Table Talk page and she was talking about um, the question of who raised you. And she's really kind of highlighting that depending on who your parents were or what generation you were raised by, your lens by which you see rest and your lens by which you see work can sometimes affect your ability to rest. Um, And she was kind of pointing out that, you know, some generations, they may have raised you with a good work ethic, right? To do whatever you can to earn income, to, you know, never give up, to keep on trying. 
um, to, you know, get one, two, three, four jobs if necessary to take care of your household. Well, that's a certain mindset that almost can become a, a roadblock to you needing rest. And I don't know about you, but I've seen countless of my friends personally that have worked themselves into exhaustion, that have worked themselves into literal physical health problems, that have worked themselves into needing emergency surgery, and then they're out for three to six weeks, depending on what, what is needing to be taken care of in their body. And so I think that's a very good question and something that we do need to examine. Who raised you? And yes, a work ethic is necessary for the society in which we live, but you also need a rest ethic for your own life. Because one thing I know about human beings is they will work you and work you and work you and use you up until you are no longer useful for whatever they're needing you for. And some people discard you. And so at the end of the day, you have to give an account to you. You have to give an account to yourself. You have to give an account to your body, which is why I consistently am on the mantra that the Holy Spirit gave me, which is treat you sacred. Like that's not something I'm just saying as a cute catchphrase. That is a reminder every time I say it to treat myself sacred. It's a reminder to people who follow me. Make sure you're treating yourself sacred. Make sure you're taking time out for you. Make sure you are getting in the proper rest and nutrition and care and exercise and all those things that you need to do for your body. Because you only have one body to operate in this plane from. And you want it to be at its best. You want it to be at its optimum, right? In order to be effective in this life for fulfilling your purpose. Um, and also being able to fulfill your purpose with joy right? Because life is so much better when you have use, you know, if you can help it at all, right? To have the optimum ability and mobility as possible. And I've talked about it before on here where I was in a space for, you know, two, three years that was a really harsh space because it was wearing on my body and it was wearing on my mind. I was dealing with severe um, racial microaggressions like every single day. Um, people were saying things to me, doing things to me um, that I really had no power over because literally the administration was racist. So there was nobody to like go to and say, hey, you know that this is going on because they were racist too. And the black people who were in power were um, enablers, I'll put it that way. They were enablers of the racists in the administration. So there was no black solidarity where I was. <laughs> and it got to the point where literally they were assigning me things to do that was physically taxing on my body to the point where I wound up getting carpal tunnel in both of my wrists and hands. Now imagine working somewhere, being in your 30s, and getting carpal tunnel in both of your hands. Now I'm an artist. I work with my hands. I write with my hands. I type with my hands. 
but it got to the point where I had carpal tunnel in both of my wrists. I was patched up on both hands. I could not drive myself to work. So I literally was forced to resign because I could no longer get to work because I could no longer drive to work. So I don't want anybody to experience literally working yourself to a point where you disable yourself because you're trying to meet some goal or whatever. I learned my lesson from that. I said, never again will I allow myself to be in a space where I am being mistreated emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. So I had to make that decision um, for myself. Nobody could make it for me. And from that day (laughs) in September of 2015 to this day in November of 2023, I have kept my word to myself and I intend to keep my word to myself. And so for me, no amount of money can cause me to go back to that space. I just won't have it. (laughs) So that is the commitment that I made to myself that I am going to honor my body. I'm going to respect myself. I'm going to treat myself sacred. And those who recognize who I am, the gifts I have, the skills I have, the abilities I have, the capabilities I have. Those are the only people that I want in my space. Anybody else, they can keep it moving. That's the commitment I made. This is one that we have shared before, but I have had it out here because I've been affirming it even the more. And it says, there is information in my dreams in my dream space, and in my daydreaming. What information is God depositing and downloading to you through your dreams? She says, there is a collection of wisdom and knowledge waiting for you in a dream space. What if your body has a message of liberation, but can only offer it while you're in a rested state? Do you know how many people have had dreams that have literally changed their life or changed the trajectory of their life because they were rested enough to receive the download and then they got up and did something about the dream that they had yeah two of my songs on my last album came out of my dreams like literally i was singing the song in my dreams heard the music for it got up in the middle of the night, wrote the entire thing down, recorded it and sang it to myself. And then I said, these two songs are going to go on my album. Yeah. Now that had never happened to me before. I've heard other people say, you know, that that God gave them music or songs or whatever compositions in their dreams. But before that point, that had never happened to me. One of those songs was um, Hashtag Heaven. Got that in a dream. But she says, what if your body has a message of liberation but can only offer it while you're in a rested state? Examine the ways you can slow down right now and forever. Go into the dream space often. 
Now, I don't know if a lot of people know this about Michael Jackson, but Michael Jackson said that he would often get his music and he would often get his lyrics while he was sleeping. Just a little fun fact there. Here is another affirmation. This one is from Wayne Dyer. It says, when you dance, your purpose is not to get to a certain place on the floor. It is to enjoy each step on the way. And the action is focus on the now. Being present allows you to enjoy the journey rather than merely wishing on a future outcome. How many of us are enjoying the now? How many of us are allowing ourselves to savor the now? Are we just scarfing down our day like we scarf down food sometimes when we're on the run? Or are we actually allowing ourselves to savor our day? When I get up in the morning, I purposefully slow down. Purposefully. I don't rush out of bed. I don't fling myself over. I don't fling off the covers and and take off running. (laughs) I actually allow myself to come awake. I open my eyes, I lay there for a moment, I take a deep breath, I say thank you for another day, then I roll out, (laughs) then I roll out of bed. I do not look at social media first thing in the morning. Why? Because I don't want social media to be my thought influencer for the day. This is like the first time or maybe a little but about an hour before this I opened up social media to see if I had any messages to see if I had any inboxes but I don't wake up that's not like the first thing on my mind let me go check social media or let me go run to Facebook or let me go run to IG so you have a choice to make right in terms of how you treat yourself sacred. You control your time. Unless you are in prison or in a correctional facility or um, like I was at one point in my life in a transition home, you have control over your time. In a transition home, you somewhat have control over your time. There's usually someone saying you have to be up And you have to be out of the facility by a specific time all day searching for a job, assistance, help, something. But you can't stay here all day. If you've never lived in a transition home, be very thankful. I am so much more appreciative of the things that I have now, the freedoms that I have, um, the life that I'm living Because someone is not telling me, besides the creator of all things, that someone is not telling me how to spend my time and how to run my life. So if you've never had that experience, be very thankful. Super thankful. Speaking of which, November is National Gratitude Month, which is, of course, super appropriate. So drop in the comment section 
one thing that you have gratitude for today. If you can think about one thing that comes specifically to mind, tell me in the comments what you have gratitude for today. And as you do that, I am going to go to our Black Pearls, Daily Meditations, Affirmations, and Inspirations for African Americans. Now, this is geared toward African Americans, but anybody can buy it. That's just the beauty of devotionals, right? So let's go to November 13th. And voila! Self-praise is the topic. Quincy Jones is being quoted and he says, you have to know that your real home is within. Now I'm just going to say law on that for a moment. You have to know that your real home is within. Um, who is it? The um, therapist, her name is Thema Bryant. She's the sister of um, Pastor Jamal Bryant. And she's also, by the way, the president of the American Psychological Association, which I think is fantastic. Um, she has a book called Homecoming, and that is kind of the theme of the book. I have the book. Maybe we'll read it um, next season or next at the top of next year as we close out some of our other readings. But her book is called Homecoming, and it is this premise about coming home to yourself. Hello, Sharon. The devotional today says, it's amazing how fragile human beings can be. If we gain a few pounds, we kick ourselves. If we decide we have faltered in our careers, we grieve over having let ourselves down. And Sharon, we're, we're sharing what we have gratitude for today. If we say something silly, we brought over our stupidity for days. We might send ourselves negative messages constantly. How many positive ones do we send? How many positive messages have you sent yourself since the morning started? Have you just intaken information or are you speaking to yourself? Are you declaring what kind of day you're going to have? I joke with my husband about this often because sometimes he'll say something and I'll say, okay, prophet. <laughs> and then he'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he'll change what he's saying, right? Because I don't know. I feel very, I don't know if it's hyper aware, but ever since God delivered me from profanity, and I say delivered from profanity because that's what happened. Maybe I'll talk about that at some point this week. Um. I have, a, I have a hyper awareness as to the power of my words. I do. And I recognize that our words are spiritual containers. And whatever words you're putting out into the world, those words are going to be fulfilled. So a part of treating myself sacred is putting out words in the world about myself and about other people that I want to come to pass. If I don't want it to come to pass, I'm trying to not say it. Even if I feel it, 
even if I have dreamt it. There's been times when I have dreamt some horrific stuff (laughs) and I've gotten up because I know for me that if I see it in a dream and I can recall it, it's supposed to come to pass. So what I have learned to do as one who like understands that part of my gift, I will actually declare the exact opposite. So if I see or if I dream about, for example, a natural disaster happening in a country, which has happened to me a couple times, I will get up and I will immediately start praying for that country that that country is spared from that natural disaster, that lives are spared, um, you know, that buildings are spared, that, you know, the economic system doesn't fall in that country, like stuff like that. Because what I used to do before I understood the power of my words is I would get up and I would say, oh man, I had this horrible dream. And then I'd just tell the whole dream. And then I'd see the results of telling the whole dream. (laughs) Until one day I was, you know, in prayer and the Holy Spirit was like, you do realize that some things are for you to intercede on not necessarily to declare. I'm showing you this because I want you to intercede. If you cannot physically intervene, I need you to intercede. I need you to use your power to speak, to declare something different. And once I got that realization that, wait a minute, you mean tell me, I can change the trajectory of things by what I'm speaking. So you mean this doesn't have to necess- this doesn't have to happen this way. I can intercede which is a spiritual intervention. And I'm not the only person who can do this. I just realized that I can. Right? He's like, "Yeah." You can change the trajectory by what you say. Not just by what you do, but by what you say. So I started, you know, doing that a lot more often. Then I just continued to do it and continued to do it and continued to do it and continued to see things changing. Including my money. (laughs) So I don't say things like, I ain't got no money no more. Mm-mm. 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 <laughs> the money is on the way. Thank you for more clients. Thank you for filling my schedule. Thank you for giving me a full schedule around my schedule for Daring Dialogue because I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing at this time. So thank you for filling my schedule and allowing me to honor my commitment of time right here, right now. And I have seen God do that for me all year long. I have seen him fill my schedule to the point where I've had to turn people away. (laughs) So I've learned now that I don't have to wait on somebody to speak positively to me. That's nice if you do. That's like the cherry on top. But that's not what's fueling me. What's fueling me now is the positive messages I am putting out 
I am sending myself. I am sending to other people, right? The writer here says, every one of us needs a heavy dose of self-love in order to survive. I agree with that. When we love ourselves, we are comfortable within ourselves. We can forgive and accept ourselves. Do you know it's really hard to forgive and accept other people if you're not doing that work for yourself? We really can't give people what we have not given ourselves, not to the fullest capacity. So when I see people that struggle with forgiving certain things, my first question is, have you forgiven yourself of the horrible things you've done that nobody knows about yet? They may never know, but you know. Have you forgiven yourself for the things you are ashamed of? Because I guarantee you, if you have not, then when other people do shameful things, you are going to be super harsh and super critical of them because you have not forgiven your own self for the stuff you felt was shameful or harmful. So we can't do more for others than we are doing for ourselves. We might think that we are, but when we really start examining in our hearts how we see ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, how we're treating ourselves, how we're speaking to ourselves, and then we look outward and see how we're treating other people, it's usually a reflection of how we treat ourselves. Some of the people who are issuing the harshest <laughs> Critiques of other people speak to themselves the exact same way when no one is watching. They have harsh critiques of themselves, so they can't give out anything else but harsh critiques. They have harsh judgments of themselves, so they can't give out anything else but harsh judgments. The writer says, we don't get praised much in life. So we must learn to do it ourselves. Learning to pat ourselves on the back can get us in the habit of focusing on our positive feelings. If we're not happy in our homes within, there's nowhere else for us to go. Another case in point. I used to be, in my younger years, I used to not like to be alone. Like I always had to be like out, doing something, hanging with people, creating events. Like I was like little miss events planner, right? But a lot of that stemmed from me not wanting to be alone. Me not wanting to be alone with myself. Me not wanting to be alone with my thoughts. There was a point in my life where I was afraid of the dark. Now, give me all the blinds closed everything. Give me some blackout curtains. I need it to be as dark as possible. <laughs> and my husband understands this. Anyway, <clears throat> but black out everything. I like complete darkness now in, in my room when I'm sleeping. I don't want anything on. I don't want lights. I don't want blinking nothing. I, don't, I used to use a night light 
not to see to find my way to another room. No, I used to use a nightlight because I was afraid of the dark. I don't need any of that now. I'm not afraid of the dark anymore. Hmm. Part of that had to do with facing the darkness within. I'm going to just let somebody figure, sit with that for a moment. I'm no longer afraid of the dark anymore. I am very comfortable being by myself. Very. Company, it's a nice cherry on the top. But I can be by myself all the time. I am with my thoughts. I enjoy my thoughts. I enjoy self-reflection. I enjoy going in and talking with and communing with my spirit, man, woman. (laughs) I don't need to go outside of myself to find comfort. But I understand what it's like to not be comfortable with yourself, to not be comfortable with your truth, to not be comfortable with the person you are and the person you become because you have not sat down and examined yourself. And so a lot of people deflect from doing the inner work and they deflect from that with outward activity. And I got to a place in my personal life and in my walk where I had, I decided I was going to stop doing that. I was going to go inward. I was going to examine myself. I was going to examine my childhood. I was going to examine the things that happened to me in my childhood. I was going to examine why I felt the way I felt in my childhood. I was going to examine the abuses that I endured in my childhood. I was going to stop holding myself accountable as a child for things that adults should have been in charge of. So I had to do my inner work and face myself and come home to myself and speak to myself so that healing could take place. And as I began to do that work, I found myself needing less and less and less outward validation, outward company, because I learned to commune with my soul. I learned to commune with my spirit. Now, is that to say that all of my work is done? Absolutely not. But I recognize that I'm not the person, right, that I was eight to 10 years ago. I'm not that person anymore. And then the other thing I realized was, you know what? After examining myself, I said, In some of these instances, it was me. (laughs) I was the factor. I was the issue. It wasn't them. It was me. It was things I allowed that I never should have allowed. 
It was people that I allowed in that I never should have allowed in. And then I got the realization that, you know what? Wherever, like he said, if we're not happy in our homes within, there's nowhere else for us to go. You are going to take you wherever you go. And so one of the things that helped me was, wait a minute. If I keep seeing the same spirit show up, if I keep seeing the same attitude towards me show up, if I keep getting the same results from the person who has the attitude that shows up, then, and these are all different people, it's not them. It's me. (laughs) And sometimes we're not honest with ourselves to say, it's me. It might be how I'm approaching the person. It might be what I'm allowing that person to do that I keep allowing other people to do. Therefore, I get the same result. And I feel like, why am I going through this again? Why am I having this breakup again? Why am I having this relationship go south again? Why all of a sudden is this person disrespecting me in this way again? Why am I getting the exact same results again? I had to say, it's you. (laughs) There's something you're doing in the relationship. There's something in the way that you're relating to people that makes them feel that this behavior towards you is okay. So you're not going to stop seeing this pattern until you do something differently. And then when I realized what was causing the pattern to be created, that was the thing that I had to change. And when I changed that, guess what? My relationships improved. Guess what? I started attracting a different kind of person into my life. Guess what? (laughs) I started repelling those kinds of people in my life because I changed not them. I did. I did. And so, yeah, you're going to take you wherever you go. There were certain things I was doing that I recognize you are sabotaging yourself. You are sabotaging your own relationships because you keep doing this thing. Now, there was a couple things, <laughs> but once I figured out what those things were, I stopped doing them. And then I had to examine why was I doing those things? What was I looking for? For example, here's one that I was doing. When I would meet people for the first time, I would overshare, Right. I would try to express to them why I am the way I am. Now that went fine with people who could handle that kind of information. With other people, it was, oh, so you're just going to tell me your life story? I'm going to take your life story and I'm going to weaponize it against you. (laughs) 
I wasn't prepared for people to be weaponizing my personal story against me. But they did. And then I came to the conclusion, you can't, there are certain parts of you you can't share with everybody. Because everybody will not treat you the same way after they know your story. And that's just the bottom line. So there are people that know parts of my story that can handle that part of my story. And I no longer freely offer parts of my story to just anybody. That was a guardrail that I had to put in for myself. Because some people think that your story or sharing your story is a license for them to use it to uh, manipulate you, use it to malign you, use it to say, well, because you did this, rather than receiving your story and saying, oh, this is, this is a powerful story. Thank you for sharing with me. I'm really glad that you managed to make it through those things. No, some people take your story and they say, how can I use this and how can I weaponize this part of this person's story? Unfortunately, we don't have, you know, everybody in the world is not altruistic. But I, I thought they were. I was really, really, I would say somewhat naive. <laughs> Especially with people in the faith community. Because those are the people that I was sharing with. And those were the people that were taking parts of my story and weaponizing it. Because I thought, surely, if you say, if you say you are a Christian and you are a believer, then surely you are. But I had to learn to judge people by their fruit. I had to learn that. So I'm going to stop here. And we've got about 10 minutes. I know I've been going on and on. We've got about 10 minutes and I want to give anyone who wants to share or respond to today, an opportunity to share. The writer encourages us and says, on this day, take five minutes to meditate on five praiseworthy things about yourself. If you can't come up with five praiseworthy things about yourself, I'm going to challenge you to work on that this week. If you only have one or two things and you can't come up with five, I need you to work on that. This has been another episode of Daring Dialogues, and I've been your host today, Shantae Charles. We're also podcasting on Spotify and Google Play under Daring Dialogues. Thank you again for your time and attention, those of you who are listening by podcast. Remember, treat you sacred, be well, and most importantly, be light.